Hello, 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 and welcome to episode five of Expand the Conversation with Jillian podcast. In today's episode, I am speaking with my dear friend, Lily. I met Lily at my yoga teacher training in Mexico, and she is a yoga teacher, Reiki master, and a tarot reader currently living in Richmond, Virginia. She founded Crystal Chakra Yogi, her business, to share these modalities with her clients and help guide them on their journey to finding peace. She believes that as we cultivate our own personal peace practices, we simultaneously bring more serenity to the world. And we really talk about that in this episode, especially in finding balance in her spirituality, but also in her adventure towards preparing for law school. And we also talk about how she lost her stepfather over the summer while she was studying for her exams. And she had originally set the intention of grace and effort and finding the middle between both of those. And so in the middle of grieving, she really was able to reconnect to herself and give herself the space and the peace that she needed to be able to still prepare for these exams. We also discuss how the loss of her stepfather, you know, really was the inspiration to creating her guided journal and it further pushed her to reach her goals and to continue to not give up on herself, even though she was grieving and she created this beautiful guided journal to be able to help support her as she was preparing for these exams. Lily also talks about her new interest in Tantra and, you know, how the practice is not what people generally think when they hear Tantra and how it's just another modality to be able to deepen our connection with self and our embodiment with our physical body. Lily has many new things on the horizon. Her guided journal is available for purchase. The link is in the show notes for that. She also shares news about how she is hoping to use Tantra and embodiment to help people that have had sexual assault or have been assaulted to heal and reconnect with their body. And Crystal Chakra Yogi, Lily's company's vision, is to help inspire a global peace movement by empowering individuals with tools and to guide them on their journey toward peace. Outside of these practices, Lily services others through human rights activism and will attend law school in the fall of 2020. This episode is great. We dive deep into balancing opposite sides of ourselves and giving ourselves space to express ourselves fully even if we do have traits or interests that maybe aren't similar, but you can find a common ground between them. And life is really just all about balancing those things. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. Hello, Lily. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited for you having launched this podcast. I know it's going to go great places. And so I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I know it's been like a little child growing for a while. So I'm excited for it to be out and just for everyone to hear it. And I'm excited to have you here. A little background, Lily and I met each other at our yoga teacher training in Mexico. And she is just an amazing human. And she does tarot and yoga. 
And she's also in school right now to become a lawyer. So she's just amazing. And I'm excited for everyone to get to know her. So I always start by asking three questions to my guest. The first question is, what is the topic you think needs to be expanded on? So yeah, so one thing I was thinking about when you presented me with this question uh, over email, I was thinking about this balancing effort of, you know, finding, getting back into your 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 rest and digest getting out of fight or flight and that takes a lot of energy to just slow down but then once you've learned how to slow down coming back to effort and then finding yourself in the middle and so that's been a really big theme in my life lately and from speaking with clients and students and all sorts of people I'm feeling like it's a big theme for a lot of people right now and so I think expanding this conversation on finding balance between both effort and grace and um, practices that, you know, kind of lead to that, maybe. Yeah, I love that. I'm actually in my year two in numerology. And so that's all about balance. And it's, it's been interesting, because starting the year, I was like, what does this even mean? Like, what am I balancing? And it was very short into the year where I realized that I was so in my masculine for so long, I've been so in my feminine, right? Like, it's like this pendulum swinging back and forth. I went from one extreme to the other. So it's been kind of balancing that out. And then just allowing myself to flow as well as like create the structure again, that like finding that balance and that masculine and feminine energy. So I completely agree. And especially with what you were saying about the nervous system, you know, there's so much big T and little T traumas that can happen to us. And our physical body feels like we're running away from tigers when in reality, it's not that serious. And so it's so much harder for us to relax and for our body to actually do what it does. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So another question is, what is your favorite way to connect with yourself daily? I meditate daily. Every morning, as soon as I wake up, I go on Insight Timer. It's my favorite meditation app. And I kind of allow the universe to provide me with a new meditation. It gives recommendations. And so every morning I'll pick a new one and just go with it. And I I lay in bed while I meditate. It's not traditional, I guess, but you know, I tried getting up and sitting and then doing it. And then I fell out of the habit. And so I was like, if laying in bed gets me to do it, I'm going to do it that way. So just working with myself. And that's my daily grounding practice. And I start that every morning. So it's nice to, you know, start the day with that, having it be the first thing that I do, instead of scroll and, you know, get into my head. (laughs) No, that's great. And, you know, I love that you mentioned that about allowing yourself to lay down while you meditate, because it feels good to you. We get so stuck in these patterns of, oh, it's supposed to look exactly like this, when in reality, it's like, just do what feels good to you. As long as you're getting the benefits, you're calming yourself down, and really starting your day off with a bang instead of from a place of, oh, I'm doing it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you start that way from the get go, then it's like, how's the rest of your day going to follow instead of just allowing yourself this feels good to me. So this is what I'm going to do. For sure. Yeah. I love that. And I'm an avid 
meditator laying down as well. I do sit up sometimes, but like just having a bigger chest in general, it it's like harder for me to sit up straight with my back. And then yeah. I end up worrying about that so much. And then like my back gets fatigued. It's a whole thing. So it's just like, it's easier for me to lean back or lay down on something. For sure. So another question is, what is one of your favorite things right now? It can be a subject that you're learning. It can be numerology, astrology. It can be a physical thing, whatever, whatever you have. Yeah, that's awesome. One thing that I've been exploring lately is Kundalini and Tantra. And I'm really interested in the ways I could utilize the knowledge I learned from these practices to help individuals that are working through traumas, specifically uh, sexual abuse traumas or traumas from assault. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I'm mildly familiar with Kundalini. Mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with Tantric. I've heard the word and I just never really looked into it. Do you mind explaining it a little bit for me? Yeah, I'm still super fresh in this yeah. field. So I'm like by absolutely no means an expert, but kind of what I've gathered from what I've learned and there's like classical Tantra and Neo Tantra and Neo Tantra is more about the sexual practices, but classical Tantra has more of like a underlying message that the divine lies within us. Mm. And kind of this message that we can tap into the divine even in the darkest of spaces. And that's why the sexual practices are used as kind of like a, a means to get there. But that's not all it is. There's so many other ways you can incorporate Tantra into your life that's not sexual. And I think with yoga in general, like yoga itself embodying these postures is Tantra. And really just being in your body even though we know that, you know, this vessel is just with us for this one lifetime and that we are the soul within, but we have this body, we're living this human experience. How can we use this body to expand our consciousness and be one with the divine? Mm, I love that. And I love the way you explained it because it it's just another form basically of embodiment and finding that inner peace. And it's so interesting to see how something that for me, I assumed was some sort of like sexual practice, right? Because that's what is kind of more familiar with Tantra, or I guess more popular when you talk about Tantra. And so I love that you're using it to help people that have been through sexual traumas, because it can be so I know speaking from my experiences, I had sexual trauma. So in my early 20s, I became hypersexual. I was careful, but like I wasn't energetically conscious of who I was sharing space with. And that was somehow like filling me up as far as my healing, because I felt like that meant I was important, right? At that pain somehow, like it came together. And then I went again to the opposite end at some point in my healing journey where I was like, don't touch me. I was in a relationship at that point. No, not interested. I just need some space. Yeah. But I love how you're using that to help support people that have been through things like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just learning right now, so I don't really know how I'm going to use it specifically, but I think the knowledge is really important. And just this whole this whole message of embodying in all these different practices that in classical tantra 
all of these practices or go beyond just the sexual practices. So I think mm-hmm. the um, the narrative lately in Western society has been mainly Tantra is sex. And because people want to hear about it, that's an eye-catching topic. Yeah. But it expands so much further. And I think the main thing I would want to work with is just embodiment. Yeah. And I mean, I love that. And I can see how those two connect because a lot of people that I've talked to that have had sexual trauma in the past, and again, from personal experience, you tend to really disconnect from your physical body because that's what was used, right? Or abused. And so it's getting back into the body and really like working with your body again on a soul level and being like, okay, we're okay. We're safe. Nothing's going to happen. I'm just hanging out inside of the skin bag and figuring out what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with yoga specifically, that has helped me so much with dealing with my own personal traumas from being assaulted when I was younger and finding that embodiment again. And so I think taking it to the next level is what I'm looking to do. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I love seeing what you're doing with yoga in Virginia. For anyone that's in that area, where are you teaching yoga? Well, I'm in Richmond, Virginia right now, and I teach at 3S Yoga as well as Tao, T-A-O-U, Studio. They're both in Richmond. I love it. And you recently got another certification or you did a workshop, right? Yeah, I did a 10-hour workshop in Katona Yoga, which is a really cool new type of yoga. I think it was founded late, maybe the 90s or the 80s in Katona, New York. That's why it has the name Katona, even though it's like a fun name. It's like, ooh, where'd that come from? It's just the place. (laughs) But um, it's really cool. It incorporates all sorts of like Eastern philosophy, like Mm. traditional Chinese medicine, like Tantra, Kundalini, different yogic practices and kind of combines it. And there's this beautiful message of the body being a house. And so we have these 10 different spots in our house that we can go to that have Mm. different meanings associated with them. And, you know, I just did 10 hours and to be fully certified in this type of yoga, you do another 200 hours of training, but broken up into chunks. But the first concept I'm kind of working with is number one in the body, which is the boiler room. That's our pelvis. Mm. We think like, you know, it's in the basement of our house. It, it powers like the warmth in, you know, the water and it's kind of damp. Um, Sometimes it's a little hidden, like in the basement. Yeah. So yeah, just working with these concepts and metaphors. And I think it's really cool. It has made cueing a lot more interesting for me in classes because I think more in metaphors. Mm. And I, I think that speaks to people a lot. And I really love the the art of it. They teach it at Tao, the studio that I did the training at. And the two teachers that own the studio are trained fully in Katona yoga. That's very cool. And it's interesting because when you were talking about the boiler room, I'm trying to think of like location via chakras, right? And so yeah. it sounds a lot like your sacral where it's a little bit hidden. It's a little mm-hmm. bit darker, but like it powers creativity. You know, it gives so much power. 
power to us and it allows us to really embody our own empowerment and who we are and express ourselves. So that's really cool. It gives a very tangible way of thinking about it. And like, I mean, I know some people hear chakras and they're like, oh my gosh, here we go. (laughs) Like not a lot of people I talk to, of course, but you know, yeah. and it's, it helps sometimes to have that visible, like, okay, if this was a place in your house, this is what it does. And this is what it looks like for you. So that's really cool. Yeah. It's super interesting. And what I really like is that that it incorporates so many different philosophies into one sort of practice. So you can utilize the chakra energy system with this house system and all the teachers that teach the trainings. Since they're shorter chunks, you can take trainings with all sorts of teachers. Each Mm. one has specific interests. Maybe one's more interested in the traditional Chinese medicine. Maybe one person's more interested in anatomy. So it's like you get to receive a different uh, way of viewing the same practice from all these different sources when you're doing the training. Yeah, I love that. I mean, in some of our conversations, you know that I'm very tangible, like show me the science, but also like I'll believe in the things that maybe people think aren't real, you know, but it's cool when you can put them together. And so you can see how it really can. And spiritually and science can come together and mold into one thing, you know? Oh, for sure. I'm the same way. Like I need both and having both makes it so much easier to explain to somebody who hasn't had exposure to some of the more spiritual aspects so they can like kind of grasp it and maybe dive in if they are interested. Yeah. And I wanted to go into that a little more as far as like the untangible, because I know you're Reiki certified as well. So it's, it's always interesting to me when you've got someone that's like going to school for a lawyer, which is a very tangible, like, this is something I can see how it works. And then on the other side, you're like, but I'm a Reiki practitioner and I believe in magic. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's great. I love having both sides and um, I think it's important to, you know, balance the those two sides of myself because they are both here and prominent. And so I need to give space to both. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it gives you a way to get deeper in both sections, right? Because you can have the very tangible things, but that level of spirituality really allows you to go deeper into it. And your spirituality, you can go deeper into it because then you can see tangibly how your spirituality is affecting your life. Yeah. And no, it's it's really interesting because with I I was taking the law school admissions exam this past September. I took my fourth one and I was really diving deeper into this concept of like balancing effort and grace and how to kind of bring bring myself back to the middle from having delved so deeply into let's soften, let's let's find space, let's make time for pleasure and everything. But I needed to swing it back because that was integral to my healing. But yeah. I I went there and I did the thing and now I needed to come back to the middle balancing these two sides. And so my theme this summer was that balancing grace with effort. Mm. I, I decided 
that would be my theme. That would be, and the way through which I would bring this theme to life is in my studying for this exam that I had already taken a few times and hadn't done as well as I had wanted on. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. It's something (laughs) I'm working on. But um, (laughs) so, you know, it was it was challenging. I got started. I was off to a great start. And come July um, 2nd, my stepdad passed away. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously brought my studies to a halt for a little bit. And, you know, I had to get back on the train eventually and find that effort in a really challenging time. It's like, you know, what lessons am I learning here with balance? <laughs> and so I really had to be conscious of that balance to both give myself space to grieve, but also work towards this goal that I would be upset with myself if I had not continued to work towards, you know, at the end of the day, if the test came around, and I really hadn't put in my all again, I would have been disappointed, even though I had something really big to grieve from, I still needed to put in this effort for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that was such a beautiful lesson in balance that I received through that process. And I'm grateful to say that I did perform really well on the exam. And so I was like happy that I, you know, I ended up there and really grateful that I was able to take this dark time and be in the heat of, you know, this, this grief and just the overall, I don't want to study. <laughs> I had taken the exam three times before I was burnt out, but, you know, finding my way through and telling myself you can do it even when it was hard. And that felt really rewarding. Yeah. So I'm sorry for your loss again. I know we've talked about this separately, but that's something that's so hard to go through. And you really did embody that it was grace. And what was your balancing between grace and what? Grace and effort. Grace and effort. Like, I feel like that whole story, like really just lifted up that intention. And it was exactly what you needed it to be. And also congratulations for performing well on your test. I know this has been something that you've been working towards for a while. And so that's so exciting. And I can't wait to see what you do with that side of things. You know, I'm forever impressed by you because of the business that you have and the yoga teacher side of things and the Reiki practitioner, and then also still pushing for the legal side of things and wanting to do something there. Because I know that, I mean, that in general requires a lot of balance, right? Like, okay, where am I giving enough to my business, but also where am I giving enough to my studies so I can keep going towards this goal as well? Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. But I think life is all about finding balance, right? And like, where do we need to bring more energy into the feminine? Where do we need to bring more into the masculine? Where do we need to find the middle? And sometimes, you know, you need more of one, more of the other. Sometimes you need both. And so it's like, where do I fit right now? (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that I've definitely had to deal with a lot because it's like, once I got into my feminine, I was just like, okay, I'm flowing everywhere. Right. But without some sort of structure, I was just a stagnant puddle. And it 
it was just something that I was like, okay, I need to do actionable things. And so I just had to start creating these like time blocks of, okay, this is what I'm doing here. And I'm going to just flow through whatever feels good as far as creating in these moments and being able to move forward through them because otherwise nothing was happening because there was no masculine there. And so it's always interesting to me to see how they merge. But like, even like you said, sometimes we lean more towards one side than the other. Like when I'm creating a structure for a course, that's definitely more masculine versus when I'm just creating the content for it, it's more of my feminine. Yeah. And it's crazy because in the middle of the day, we shift from these energies. In the middle of a week, we shift, you know, how many amounts and then through a whole through periods of lifetime, like what eras are you in that are more, that require more masculine, require more feminine. And so it's just balance is like this key in life. And so (laughs) I think it's always something that we're working towards. Yeah. And, you know, being a human, that's and exactly what you went through. You know what I mean? That like super heavy emotion and allowing yourself to feel that as well as still being allowing yourself to do something that'll make you happy because ultimately that's what it was. Maybe the studying wasn't fulfilling you, but you knew that doing that thing was going to get you a better result on this exam. Mm -hmm. And so you really leaned into that. And I just think that's so special. So as you were going through your grieving process, did you journal at all or what was that practice? Like, what did that holding yourself and giving yourself space look like in those moments? Yeah. So I journal often, like I have a journal in my nightstand all the time. And whenever the feelings are intense and I need to get them out, I like whip it out, write it down. And it's actually been so beautiful to like see the progress. I just finished a journal like Mm. fully. And so to like flip through the start of my healing journey, pretty much to like somewhere recently and so it was really cool to read all of that and like see the darkness in the beginning and like the lightness shine through and um through this grieving process i was actually inspired to write a guided journal Hmm. Um, and that has been really interesting i just released it and so I'm I'm really happy about it. It's got like a perfect layout in my eyes for both balancing the effort and grace. It was really inspired by that journey. Um and that whole phrase like balancing effort with grace is what I learned from teachers at Tao, Katie mm. and Kat, the owners, they are Katona trained. And so they kind of gathered this language from their trainings and they use it in all the classes. And so that, that really like inspired the whole journey. And so I attribute this um, journal a lot to you know their influence, but I like the way it's laid out for somebody who's a bit ADHD, like the page, it's got all different sections on one page so it's very like pleasing to my brain (laughs) so I've been using that more than my regular like just lined journal lately Mm -hmm. uh, and coming to it as a daily practice to you know there's a section for gratitude what's my mood Um, what am I working on towards my goals today as well as how am I grounding so a lot Mm. of things I put in my meditation practice because I do that every day and like a daily walk is another thing that I do 
But yeah, so that's been really integral in my process of grieving and also making sure I'm taking care of myself. You know, am I going, am I getting some exercise, some sort of movement in? Am I doing something for my mind? Am I doing something to reach my goals? These are all things that I think are important to inquire of the self daily so that we get in a habit of, you know, working towards these things. And maybe it's not every day that we get something done, but when we're asking ourselves every day, then we're more mindful of what our progress is looking like. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes people take for granted that like resting on a day is still beneficial to the thing that we're working on or working towards. So the guided journal, is it, can you journal inside of it? Like are there lines to answer the prompts? Yeah, I actually, I have one in front of me, (laughs) but there are, there are lines, there are like different prompts and the prompts are the same every day, but there's a different affirmation for each day. And they're the same so that we can get in the habit of asking these specific questions, which are geared towards balancing both the effortful side of ourselves, working towards goals, with also the grounding, the rest, the embodiment of life. Mm, I love that. I'm very excited to get mine, if I'm being honest, because (laughs) I saw when you released it, it kind of was like out of nowhere, because I know that you had been studying and everything. And you had even like mentioned on your business page, like, hey, give me some space right now. Like I've been going through some personal things. And then I'm also still studying for this. And then all of a sudden, it was like, here's my guided journal. And I was like, oh, yay. It was funny because I just kind of like, it was late one night, I had finished studying, I was in my like playtime for the night. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna make this. And so I just like stayed up really late that night and kind of drafted it all out. And then I fleshed it out more in the month following, like in short moments I had Mm -hmm. studying, but that's kind of how it came. I just, it was just random. But that's funny. And I mean, I'm sure it was a gift from your stepdad too, right? He's like, hey, and even just you continuing to study and push on the effort side of things after that, I'm sure he is so proud of you. And that's what he wanted for you. You know, he didn't want you to be affected negatively more than you were going to be emotionally, you know, by this event. And yeah, and I mean, knowing what you've told me about like your mom being such a heart centered person and your stepdad as well. It's easy to see how like, okay, this is a crappy situation, but I know that he would have wanted more for me. So I'm still going to do this for myself. And I feel like sometimes when people are grieving, they go so deep into the emotions that they forget or like it's deep into this almost level of guiltiness, right? Or like, it's not only grief because they stop living because of the person that's passed away, you know, and they just are so torn up about it and not saying that that's wrong, but sometimes it's nice to really reflect on like, okay, this person loved me and cared about me. Is this how they would want me to be showing up in my life because of something that happened to them? Yeah. I think diving deeper into spirituality and like prior to his death, I had been reading, it's a book called um, The Journey Home. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. And that taught me a lot about like spirituality and that we are a soul. And I had been reading that into the month leading up, you know, not knowing because his death was very like sudden, we had no idea. 
but not knowing this book would help me so much with this grieving process because the whole thing is how we are a soul. And so, you know, when we pass, that's that's our natural life practice, you know, and we're going back to source. And so reading that and then having this happen really made the grieving process feel a lot less tragic and like, oh my gosh, like this is terrible. It's like, but you know, at the same time, like it's, it's good. Not that it, if I had a choice, it wouldn't have happened. But since I didn't have a choice and this is our natural life process. And then going back to source is such a beautiful and divine thing more than we could be offered here on this planet in my eyes and my spiritual beliefs. Yeah, that it's it's a beautiful thing. And so it made the grief feel less sad and more like it was, you know, not a happy thing that it happened, but a happy um, merging back with source. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful way to put it. And there's so many things is like when we're in our human experience that were shown, like you grow up, you live with your parents, then that ends and then you start anew. And it's like, there's these constant cycles in our life. And it's not always the grief of like someone passing away, but sometimes it's the grief of a relationship ending or the grief of a job that you loved ending, or maybe it shifts in a different direction, leaving somewhere that you've lived for years and years and being able to see the beauty and the newness of this chapter. I think I know personally has helped me a ton because it's like, I know that this is happening for a reason. I may not be able to see it right now when it's hard and sticky, but I I can still believe and lean into source and trust that it's going to be for the best. And it really ends up being up to us and what we do with it, right? Like, are we going to take this opportunity to make it the best situation? Or are we just going to sit and cry about it? Yeah. And I think there's times to do both. But I know like when I took the test the last time, so not this most recent time, but previously, I checked my score and I was with my stepdad. It was just us. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed. <laughs> um, and he was so nice. He was like, let's watch this movie together. Like, here's some yummy treats I know you like. Like, he was just doing everything he knew how to, especially being a man. You know, it's hard to, like, console somebody. Yeah. Sometimes for a lot of men but you know it was just such a sweet interaction even though I was obviously disappointed it felt so nice to be supported and to Mm -hmm. be seen and so remembering that made me want to utilize this you know tragic event to be a catalyst for getting a better score on this exam. And it was really helpful for my healing process to look at it in that lens. Yeah, I love that. Grief can really do numbers on us as humans. So what do you feel like you're balancing the most right now? Now that you're out of that chapter, like what what are you working on? What are you balancing in your life? Yeah, so I'm finishing up my applications. Maybe next week I'll be fully submitted into everything. So I've been 
leaning more into my creativity with writing these essays, like my personal statement and other sorts of essays for applications. But also I've been coming back to my business and some fun events. I'm I'm planning a course that I'm going to launch online about the chakra energy system. And so Ooh. working with that, I'm, I'm looking to do some in-person workshops, one of which will be on the, the chakra energy system. But, you know, still thinking about stuff like that. I'm planning a retreat Ooh. for next year. And it, there's no details out about it yet, but I'm really excited about that. And so just being more into my business lately and like, what do I want to create with that? And how can I build some systems in my business to allow it to sustain through my first year of school? since I won't be able to tend to it as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So bringing together some online offerings that can, you know, kind of just exist while I'm doing that first year is something I'm looking into and maybe streamlining some stuff to bring on a employee to help to kind of doing channeling my like masculine energy that I've brought back in towards business stuff has been my my recent endeavor and also just enjoying life because I get to wake up every day and teach yoga and then maybe do some work for business or for law school but then I get to go on nice long walks and like listen to podcasts and just enjoy the beauty of breathing so yeah I love that people take that for granted so often like you can take a big deep breath and it just feels so good yeah so I wanted to talk about tarot a little bit because I know that you offer tarot readings and mm-hmm. I am not super versed in actual tarot I use oracle cards just randomly I'll pull some sometimes I get dicey with tarot because I've seen people use it as like oh what's going to happen next right But can you explain to me what tarot is, how to utilize it safely, I guess? Yeah, so tarot, uh, I guess tarot can be, there's lots of different decks. But the main deck is the Rider Waite deck. And this deck pretty much is the, the inspiration for like 90, that's a guess, but 90% of the current decks that are out are based off of the Rider Waite deck. And so knowing this deck is integral to reading tarot. So, you know, as a start, you learn these cards, there's a major arcana, there's a minor arcana, the major arcana represents like major life themes, Mm. So it follows the journey of the fool, the fool is the main character of, of the tarot, major arcana, and it's like his life journey, he starts out as a fool, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes through, you know, he learns death. He he learns all of these different things, you know, the tower, the collapsing, transformation, becoming a hermit, mm. all these different key themes in a lifetime until you end up at the world where you have all the knowledge and you hold all of the keys. And so um, that's the major arcana. These represent like major life themes. Mm-hmm. Minor arcana follows four different suits. We have swords, pentacles, wands, and cups. And these correlate with different elements. There's numbers one, the ace through 10, and then 
we have um, different court cards like the queen, the king, and such. And so all of these cards have different meanings. A lot of them are based off of the picture themselves. So if you take time to read meanings with the pictures, it is really helpful to learning the cards. But yeah, once you know what the cards mean based off of the definition, Mm -hmm. then you can start to invite more intuition into your readings. And like I work a lot with the chakra energy system as a Reiki practitioner. So I draw that in with the colors of the cards, you know, and if you have different decks, there may be differing meanings. Mm -hmm. So and there's different pictures that you can draw symbolism from to, you know, interpret in your readings, but also things that come to you while you're reading. So say you draw a card that has nowhere on it, uh, a picture of Pooh Bear, but then that comes to your head. And you, you know, maybe you say that to your curant who you're reading for. And it's like a major thing for them. Like maybe that was their childhood stuffed animal. And that was like integral to a period in their life. And so drawing in those elements too, after you have experience with the cards in their traditional meanings and everything. And so I know you had mentioned, um, you know, fortune telling kind of. Right. Like I've known people that'll go and they're like, okay, what's going to happen around this? And they'll talk to a tarot reader about it. And for me, I always like to trust the universe. Like I'm here for like themes and to see like, okay, this might be something that happens, but to go directly into it, like what's the best way to practice tarot if there is one? Well, I don't know if there's a best way, but the way that I practice tarot and that I feel like is the most beneficial in terms of my point of view is, you know, you can draw on future events, but nothing is set in stone. Mm -hmm. Everything that the tarot predicts, which I would predict is even a word that I would maybe caution away from, but um, anything that comes up can be changed. So say you get a future outcome that's not something that you know, you want for yourself, you have the choice to change your current actions that will change your future outcome. The tarot predicts based off of the current time and space, the current point of view, way of thinking, decisions, actions, but anything can change from that point going forward. And so I like to use it as more of a tool for self inquiry. Mm -hmm. And like challenging um, ways of thinking and being able to see things in a new perspective that maybe you didn't previously embody. So bringing new ways of thinking to the table is one of my main purposes for using tarot. And I feel like it's helpful to clients as well. And so that's how I like to use the tarot. Yeah, I love I love that. And it can be so supportive, right? Like when you're trying to make decisions and things like that. But I completely agree with you as far as fortune telling and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. Like intuition is intuition. But even with working with clients, like people can change on a dime. And that's why when you start getting into things like timelines and where you're at, it can change instantaneously because of a decision you made. And then it's something completely different than 
what it was a week ago and just kind of where we are as humans and the more aware we are and where we want to be. I think that makes a big difference in it. And so that's why I like, I'm interested in tarot and, but I shy away from it because of that experience. So that's just something that I need to look into. But because the first time I had someone read my cards, it was right at the beginning of my healing journey. And I remember this guy, he like pulls the card out and he looks at me and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't even remember what card it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, no, are you okay? And I just started bawling. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> like yeah. I had my fake face on. Why are you calling me out right now? I wasn't ready for this. No, I'm not okay. And it was a really interesting experience to see like him read this card and feel the need to check in like sincerely on how I was doing. And it's so it, it's interesting to me the way the cards play out to be able to like, oh, hey, this may be going on in your life or this may just be a theme that you're going through right now. So like, it's okay to be not okay. Yeah. And I think that's a big point to why I don't prefer to read at events that aren't, you know, centered around wellness or like, I don't think tarot is just a fun little party trick because you can get some deep messages that are not going to make your party go fun. (laughs) Um, If you, if there's something that you don't want to hear and you're not ready to hear it or not in a space where you feel safe to hear it. And so like tonight, I'm actually reading at an event, but it's like, you know, very wellness centered women's event. So I think it'll be a good space with receptive people to read at. But I just don't think for parties, unless the reader is going to read in a very fun way, and maybe even pull out some of the tough message cards (laughs) from the deck, Yeah. In order to, because you can still get a message from the cards if you pull out some of them. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're going to avoid the hard hitters. (laughs) You're not going to make anyone cry. Yeah. Especially at like a fun, like a dinner party or like a cocktail event. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I was at a music festival this past weekend and they had someone there that was like, oh, get your aura red or like tarot. And I was like, this is not the place that I would be doing that first and foremost, because I do not know you. Right. And I mean, I would say in a lot of these practices, even with Reiki, you know, for me, when I work with someone, I always am like super discerning with like their energy, who they are, how they show up. Is that something that you talk about in your practice to your clients? Like if they decide not to do this service with you, do you let them know like, Hey, just make sure like energetically it's aligned and that it's not basically setting up for them to be dumping their money into something when this person isn't really genuine. Yeah. I mean, I try to make sure that energy is aligned between me and my clients. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, if they decide to go with someone else, like I would let them know if I'm talking to them, but you know, if they're choosing someone else, I can't like let them know if I didn't know that they wanted <laughs> Yeah, let them know. You know what I mean. Um, but when I'm working with somebody, energy is really important. Like clearing cards with Reiki is something that I always do, and you know, setting intention before a practice is always something that I do. But when it comes to clients, and I'm feeling like energetically we wouldn't connect well I'll try to like offer them to somebody else that I think they may align better with yeah 
I like that. So as far as your Reiki, I've always wondered this for people that practice Reiki as well as teach yoga. Do you feel like there's a little bit of Reiki entwined into all of your yoga classes? Or is it something that's intentionally like not today yoga class? And then the next class, you're like, okay, now you get the Reiki. Yeah, I think it it's most of the time intertwined. Yeah, it just depends. You know, sometimes I don't think to like call it in. I'm like, you know, in a rush, just getting to the studio. And then I incorporate a lot of different desserts, as they called it at Yandara, like aromatherapy and affirmation cards. I read affirmations in my classes. And then I have an ending quote. So it's like getting all the elements together sometimes right before I don't think to call it in but I do have a specific class that I teach that is yin and reiki. Mm. But I always call it in for that class and then clear the space. And when I offer assists, I'm always like clearing in between, like placing my hands on something connected to the earth, allowing earth to take any energy that's not mine. And yeah, I love that it's like intertwined in that class, especially being yin, because there can be a lot of deep releases and getting into the hips with the trauma coming out. You know, I've cried in yin multiple times and it's great. And so I think like having energy to fill up those spaces after the release has occurred and to like help move along the release is really a beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. people that aren't even very woo-woo, as I might say, have come up to me after class like, wow, I've slept the best that I ever slept after your class. And I usually have insomnia or like my back was killing me and now it feels good. And I don't know what you did there because we didn't even do any poses that target the back, but (laughs) it's really nice to hear that feedback. Yeah, no, that's great. And for reference, yin yoga is a yoga that you lean into the poses longer. They're usually supported a little bit and you're just using your body weight to get into the position. So it's slowly stretching out the fascia and the smaller joints in the body. Um, So I can imagine like with the Reiki pairing because Yin's already like such a relaxed class anyway. And then with the Reiki, man, if I was in Richmond, Virginia, I would go to your class all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really funny because sometimes at the end I'll have, I'll hear a few snores. <laughs> and so I always love that. Yeah. You're like job well done. That's what that yeah, means. Extra credit when you fall asleep in my class. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I wanted to ask, so for anyone that wants to connect with you, what's the best way? Yeah, well, um, my Instagram, Crystal Chakra Yogi. That's my Instagram. And so I'm always posting like everything on there. And my website is also also crystalchakrayogi.com. And so either of those platforms are great ways to connect. And I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, you can always DM me or email me. I'm totally open. Yeah, thank you. And that will also be in the show notes for everyone to be able to find you. And I'll also put a link to your guided journal in the show notes as well. 
That way, if anyone needs a good guided journal, there's an option. I would love if you'd be open to this, if you ever wanted to come back on the podcast, if you wanted to do like a live tarot reading and I could have people send questions in. I think that would be so fun. I would love that. And I've had such a great time being on today. So thank you so much for sharing your space and, you know, asking me to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. To let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation, be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.